look out. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode here at the Home Recording Made Easy.com podcast. My name is David Vignola. This is episode number 50. We're at 50 episodes. Big milestone here at the Home Recording Made Easy.com podcast. This week, we're going to talk a little bit about why you may want to consider moving away from using a mouse and a keyboard while you're recording and mixing in your home studio and maybe consider other alternatives, everything from simple control surfaces to maybe additional hardware, all the way up to an analog console, which I recently added to my studio, some of you may know. I want to tell you a little bit my, about my experience, and that's what we're going to talk about this week. Some things for you to consider as you're upgrading your home studio. So sit back, listen, take some notes, and let's get right with it, right here on the Home Recording Made Easy.com podcast. Well, welcome back to another episode of the Home Recording Made Easy.com podcast. This is episode 50, big milestone here. If you've been around since the very first episode, I want to say thank you so much for sticking with me through 50 episodes, almost a full year worth of episodes here at the new podcast, something that I never thought we'd get past the fifth episode, let alone <laughs> 50 episodes. So thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed the podcast up to this point. We're going to continue to do these as long as you guys continue to listen. So if you have any ideas for podcast topics or things you'd like me to cover, make sure you email me through the homerecordingmadeeasy.com website. All the information will be in the show notes below or in the description box, depending on if you're listening to this on YouTube or whether you're listening to this on your favorite podcast uh, hosting service. And by the way, if you're listening and you have been listening and you, and you enjoy this podcast, please consider giving me a five-star review. It really does help me. And let me know what your thoughts are. And again, send me your topic ideas and, uh, and I'll try to incorporate those into the podcast. Okay. So if this is your first time here, I want to say welcome everyone to the home recording made easy.com family. Make sure you go out to home recording made easy.com and get yourself your free mixing course, which is right on the homepage. You can't miss it. It's a $97 value. I'm giving away absolutely free. It's my gift to you just for visiting home recording made easy.com. And if you stick around to the end of this episode, as always, I'm going to give you guys some other free stuff so you can get some discounts on training courses and so on and so forth. So make sure you check out all the links in the description box below. Make sure you follow me on all the social media platforms and continue to support what I do here at Home Recording Made Easy if it is helping you in any way. So now that we got all that little mumbo jumbo out of the way, let's talk a little bit about this week's topic, which is really uh, the, the working title. And I don't know what the title is going to be when I finally post this, but I just wrote down why use a console for mixing and hardware or a console for recording and hardware. Why use that over just using a mouse and a keyboard? Um, and so if you've been following me for any length of time, you'll know that I recently over the last few months, about three months ago, I purchased uh, an analog an SSL analog 32 channel inline console, recording console, recording mixing console called the SSL origin. And at the same time, I've actually started a second YouTube channel called Mixing Music Analog. And I have a new website called mixingmusicanalog.com. Again, links will be in the description box below. If you're interested, go over there and check out what I got going on. And if you like it, please support by subscribing and all that wonderful stuff. Um, and and I've been doing this now for a few months. And, the, and let me just take you back for a minute. And I'm going to give you like eight or nine different reasons why um, I, moving away from just working with a mouse and a keyboard all the time um, may be something you want to consider, may re-inspire re you and give you something, some inspiration 
for your home studio. You certainly don't need to go out and buy a console like I did, but there's a lot of steps you can take way short of that that can give you a very similar experience. And I want to want to talk to you about that. So first, quickly, um, why did I buy a console? You may be asking. Well, right now there is a video on the Home Recording Made Easy YouTube channel where I spent about 25 minutes explaining the whole idea of why I bought a console, what I was doing, why I was starting a second YouTube channel and all this other stuff. And you guys can go watch that. I would appreciate if you do. Um, and let me know what you think of that video. So that kind of explains it in detail. But the short answer is really two reasons. Um, first off, I've been working in the box and mixing in the box and recording in the box and been teaching at Home Recording Made Easy for now going on eight years about working with plugins, working in the box and how you can obtain professional sounding results working in all the digital realm where you didn't need a bunch of hardware and you didn't need an expensive mixing console. And I still am a firm believer of that. I mean, teaching you guys that forever. And the majority of the people listening to this podcast and the majority of the people at Home Recording Made Easy, the YouTube channel, and all the people who've purchased my courses at homerecordingmadeeasy.com, you guys are all into home studios into, you know, you know, modest, you know, either just beginning or maybe, you know, you have a few pieces of uh, gear in your studio, but this is what we've been teaching here for forever. And I'm still a very, um, very firm believer in that you can absolutely achieve professional results with just using that stuff. Of course you can. There's no, there's no doubt about that. Now I've been doing that for you know, seven or eight years going on and on YouTube and on homerecordingmadeeasy.com. And before that, probably another three or four years of just working that way as a musician and as a recording engineer and as a mixing engineer. Um, and so we're going on, let's say, at least 10 years of working in that way. And over the last couple of years, I've been uh, anxious to try something a little different, you know, to kind of get back to the maybe the old school way of doing things where you weren't just hunched over, you know, a keyboard and a trackball or a mouse and doing all your work that way. It became over the last 10 years for me a little uninspiring. It became a little monotonous for me. It became a little too repetitive. And as I continue to work and as I continue to grow the Home Recording Made Easy brand, um, I wanted to try something a little different. I wanted to move into a different direction. I didn't want to completely uh, give up all the benefits of working in the box and doing all the things with plugins or anything like that. I still love that format. It's got a lot of positives to it. <clears throat> Pardon me. And it has a lot of advantages to it that you can't get in an analog workflow. But I also wanted to experience that analog workflow for myself. I wanted to kind of get back to the way it was when I first started learning how to engineer and mix music, which was in an analog studio with an analog console um, with hardware. Um, and so that's what I set out to do. And so um, I tried to over uh, like maybe say the last year, I tried to implement some of the hybrid, if you will, mixing concepts and techniques in the home recording made easy YouTube channel and such. And what I found was over about a six or an eight month period that most of the audience at home recording made easy really wasn't interested in that stuff that, that just something that they're not in the market for. It's something that doesn't appeal to them. And it was something that they didn't really like. And I know that by just the amount of views I would get on those kinds of videos, they were far less than the reviews I would get on plugin demos and plugin shootouts and mixing tips and all those things. And so I quickly realized that, that the audience that I wanted to appeal to 
was not really in the home recording made easy ecosystem. So I decided that if I was going to go down this road and I was going to try to um, have a, a secondary, if you will, workflow and recording mixing experience that I wanted to appeal to people that were interested in that kind of technology. They were interested in that kind of stuff. Um, and so that gave me the idea to start a secondary YouTube channel where I can separate the stuff that we do in the box for more beginners and intermediates at home recording made easy from more uh, from a whole different workflow with higher end gear, people that are more into the gear stuff that have the interest in the means to maybe learn about that stuff. And so I started mixing music analog, which is the new YouTube channel, which so far has been wildly successful. And it's only been around a few months, which I'm really happy about. So now I can kind of serve both types of audience. I can serve you guys here at home recording made easy and continue to do the things that you like and that interest you. And then I can also serve another audience. So I went out and bought myself an SSL console and a bunch of hardware. And if you're interested in that stuff, again, the link will be in the show notes below. Check out the Mixing Music Analog YouTube channel and you'll see what I mean. And so now that I've been working in that, working on both, right? Been working in both workflows in the box and out of the box, as it were. Um, I want to talk to you about some of the experiences I have and some of the you know, some, uh, you know, seven or eight different reasons for why I like working in that kind of a workflow and then give you some tips on how maybe you can incorporate just a little bit of that into your in the box workflow without having to go out and spend, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, take out a second mortgage on your home to load up your, your studio with analog gear. Cause you don't need to do that. I just want to kind of talk to you about that and give you some ideas. Okay. So that's, so, so that's, that's what we're going to do this week. So the first thing um, if you ask the question, well, why use console and hardware? Why do that? Why, why, why not just do everything in the box and do everything with a mouse and a keyboard? Well, one of the things that I find when, as I, again, as I've been working in that kind of workflow for the last 10 years is I started to feel like, you know, I'm kind of, I'm not making, I'm not working on music anymore. I kind of feel like I'm working on a spreadsheet when I'm hunched over a keyboard and using a mouse. It just feels very non-musical to me, or it has started to become non-musical to me. And the first reason why I kind of like having a console and hardware is really the tactile feel. So in other words, you have faders in front of you, you have gear in front of you that you can touch the knobs and turn the knobs. It's very tactile. You're like, you're able to touch the music. You're a part of the music. I feel, at least for me, it feels a lot more a part of the music. It's more tactile than just sitting there, you know, using your mouse and your keyboard shortcuts and clicking on plugin windows. Okay. Now, how can you incorporate that into your studio short of going out and buying a real console? Well, you don't need a real console to do something like that. I would recommend if you want a tactile feel, you know, consider maybe something like a fader port, one of these control surfaces that'll have anything from, you know, eight faders up to, I think, 32 faders. If you get something like a digital mixer, something like the PreSonus Studio Live, you can get a 32 fader, motorized fader, DAW control. Or you can get something just like a simple eight channel um, fader port. You know, PreSonus makes one, Solid State Logic makes one, Behringer makes them. They all, a lot of companies make them today and they're all great where they actually control the DAW where instead of using your mouse to move faders, you're using actual faders. Um, 
to me, that there, there's a real big difference there. And it, it just feels like you're more a part of the creative music. And you kind of, you start to move away a little bit from the, you know, feeling like you're working in an office in the cubicle on a spreadsheet that you're actually touching the music, if that makes any sense. So you can do that with a, with a surface control. You know, you don't have to have a big console to do it. But that's the first thing that really appealed to me. Um, and, and, and the first thing that I noticed very quickly once I started working in front of a console, how it just felt more you felt more a part of what was going on. I know that may sound strange, but that's how it made me feel. So that was the first reason, tip one or you know, point number one. Point number two, which is something that I guess it surprised me. I kind of knew in the back of my head, but maybe I'd forgotten about because I was working in the box for so many years. Um, but something I realized right away within the first two hours of me working on my console and working with hardware was that the speed of mixing much was much, much faster. Um, being able to physically touch one more than one thing at a time um, made a big, big difference. So what I realized is um, as I started to just play around and started to learn the console and learn where all the knobs are and learn where, how to reach for things and how everything was kind of tied into some comp hardware compression and such was how fast it was that for me, and I think for a lot of you as well, when you can put your hands on more than one thing at a time and you start to develop the muscle memory of your particular setup, bringing a mix together, bringing a session together and getting it to sound well or sound good um, is much faster. In the box is great. But again, when you're working with a mouse and a keyboard, you have you can only do one thing at a time. You can only open up one plugin window at a time. You can only adjust one plugin parameter usually at a time. Now, if you have a control surface, like I said a few seconds ago, control surfaces not only will have faders, but some control surfaces will also have additional, um, you know, encoders and pots where you can assign plugin parameters to it. So you can actually adjust the parameter of the plugin right on your control surface, which is really cool. I have the yes cell solid state logic uf8 as part of my workflow and that does exactly that you can not only do automation and it's fully recallable the eight faders but you can also assign plugin parameters to the encoders on the unit so i never have to open up a plugin window with my mouse again i can do it all from my control surface so it's another thing to kind of look at and i can touch knobs to adjust the parameters that is so much faster than doing it in the box. So the speed in which I can mix on a console or on a control surface using hardware is much quicker, I found. Much faster, much faster. Once the song was up and it was edited and you have everything organized in your DAW session. And by the way, if, you, if you're not, if I didn't say this earlier, even in my analog workflow with my console, I'm still using a DAW. It's, it's truly hybrid mixing. I'm still using my DAW for now using Studio One still, and everything is coming out of Studio One into my console and through my hardware, and then the mix is being printed back into Studio One. And again, you could check out the YouTube channel to see that workflow if that is something that is unfamiliar to you. Um, so I'm still using a DAW. So once you have the session organized and color coded and everything routed properly and all your stuff that you would do on any session, whether you're working in the box or out of the box, once you get beyond that and you actually get to the mixing process, I found that mixing a song, unless it was a huge session, 
it takes about an hour <laughs> and that's it because you can touch multiple things at once. You can move faders very, very quickly. You're not constantly looking at the screen. As a matter of fact, you're almost never looking at the screen. You're using your ears more than your eyes and it's a much faster process I found and I've only been doing it for a couple of months. That's kind of point number two of why I think it's um, why I prefer it more. Um, and so that is something that is that is great speed of mixing. Point number three, and again, if you're using a control surface or some some additional capabilities in your system and you start to move in a little bit more of a hybrid fashion, I think you'll find the same thing. So point number three, also, when you're using an analog console and you're using hardware especially, you have limited options. There's no more having hundreds of plugin choices. When you start moving away from some plugins and you start using analog gear, yes, it's it's there's there's some downsides to it, but some of the benefits to that mixing and some of how you become a, a faster mixer is that you don't have all these options. And some people may say, well, that's a bad thing, but I think having limited options is actually a good thing, especially when you talk about plugins. You know, if you're someone that has a lot of plugins like me and you're working on a session, you probably find that you have about the same 10 or 12 plugins that you always reach for. And most of your plugins you probably don't use. Or you're one of these people that every time you work on a session and you want to put an EQ on, you spend 20 minutes going through your browser and your DAW looking for the right EQ. And which EQ am I going to use? Am I going to use this one or that one or the other one? And you spend half your time making plugin choices and you actually do working on music. When you get into an analog workflow, or more of a hybrid workflow, all that goes away because I don't have 200 pieces of hardware in my studio. I have less than 10 and I have them set up and dedicated to certain uh, certain chains, mixing chains in the analog world. So the compressor is the compressor is the compressor on the drums, let's say, for example. I have a compressor that's set up on my drum bus and that's the compressor that always gets used every single session. It sounds fantastic. The settings may change a little bit from session to session, but the sound is the same. I don't have to, I don't have to rifle through a bunch of plugins to find out or figure out which drum bus compressor do I want to use this time around. So not having um, all those options is sometimes a good thing. And you can do this in the box as well. You can just delete or eliminate a lot of your plugins and find the, the handful of plugins that really work for you that you really like the sound of and just stick with those. Okay. But that also helps with speeding up the process is that you have limited options. Point number four for me, and I think will be for you as well, if you get into more of a control surface, not necessarily a console, but working on a console for me is much more inspiring. I don't know, from someone that's just been, who's been mixing in the box for the last 10 years, and you go sit in front of a real full-on <laughs> mixing console and you're working, you just feel more inspired. Again, you feel more part of the process. It It's just a different feeling. Now, again, do you need to buy a full console to do that? No. You could do something similar with a control surface. You know, if you only have eight faders, that's great. If you can get 16 or 24 faders or even 32 faders where it's, it's really like a real console, that's better. You just feel it just to me. And again, it's a little different when you have a full on console. I don't have a little miniature fader port. I have a full SSL. So when you sit in front of that thing, you just feel like, you know what? We're, it's, we're in the big boy leagues now, <laughs> you know, and I know that's a funny thing to say, and I'm not trying to diminish working in the box because I love working in the box. And as I keep saying, I've been doing it for years. It's just a different feeling. And to me, it feels more inspiring. It just does. Um, and anyone that's ever experienced that, I'm sure would say the same thing or most people would.
So that's another reason why moving into a hybrid fashion, it could just be more inspiring and it can make you want to work in your studio more often than not. Tip point number five is that the sound quality is different from only working with plugins. And I'll say that again to make sure you heard what I said correctly, because most people, when I make that statement, they automatic, they don't listen to the words. Sound quality is different from working with only plugins. It's not better. It's different. Okay. The reason why I bought an analog console and went in more of a hybrid fashion has nothing to do with sound quality. It has to do with workflow and the experience and the inspiration. It sounds different. Does it sound better? That's a subjective term. To half of you, it could sound better. And to the other half, it doesn't sound um, as good as just working with plugins. Can you get the same style or same similar sound working with plugins? Of course you can. I've been teaching you guys that for 10 years. But working with analog gear sounds different. And you may or may not like that difference. But it is different. It's not the same. And the whole reason why I bought a console, and I keep saying this to people, but people don't seem to get it because they just don't want to listen, is nothing to do with sound quality. Even if it sounded identical, and it doesn't, by the way, but even if it did, the workflow, the tactile feel, and the experience is, for me, the reason why I did it. it has nothing to do with sound. It just sounds different. So you may prefer that sound in certain cases. Okay, there is some difference between the way analog sounds versus digital. There just is. And for people who just won't, doesn't understand that or won't admit that or just doesn't get that, then I can't help you. Again, it's not better, it's different. And you'll have to decide for yourself whether you think that's worth it or not. Point number six, when you're working with clients, especially someone like me, a mixing console or a recording, a recording console is an impressive and people will pay to have their music worked on high quality gear that they can't do themselves in their homes. So part of this too is, you know, it wasn't just, hey, Dave wants to work on an analog console. I've said this in the video that's on YouTube. Part of this is, the, is that, you know, I'm a business and I'm expanding my brand and expanding my business. And now I'm able to appeal to also a different type of clientele than I could at home recording madeeasy.com. And I love both. It's not one that's, again, it's not one, I like one client better than another. It has nothing to do with that. I can appeal to a wider audience of people. And I can tell you, since I've had this console, before I even ever mixed the first song on it, <laughs> I had people contacting me, wanting me to mix their music. They haven't even heard anything that I did on it yet, if you can believe that. There is something to be said, and artists that have the budget or artists that are trying to you know, maximize their opportunities with their music, a lot of artists will pay a business when they have high quality and gear in something like an SSL in their studio. They just will. It's kind of a marketing tool. It just is. Now, some of you may be shaking your head and saying, that's crazy. Who would ever do that? Trust me when I tell you. Trust me when I tell you. If you've ever walked into a real recording studio with a real analog console and a lot of gear in a control room, you walk in that place and you're like, oh, wow, this is really cool. It's inspiring. It's impressive. And when you're a business working with clients, that is something that gives you an advantage. That is something that gives you an advantage. 
I can guarantee you that if I had a client that was looking to hire me to mix their music or looking to hire someone else to mix their music, and let's say they enjoyed both of our mixes, you know, about the same, and we both had the same quality skills. Let's just assume that for a second. We can both do really good mixes. And they're on my website and they've seeing all the different, seeing in my SSL and all of my gear and all the stuff that I have, stuff that they don't have themselves versus someone that's mixing on a laptop with a set of plugins. Who do you think they're going to lean towards? If everything else was fairly equal and the pricing was fairly equal, who do you think they're going to lean towards? Who do you think has a leg up? Of course, the person that has the more impressive setup, assuming the other things are equal. Again, I mean, I know I'm making some broad statements here, but just it just is. I'm a business. I attract clients and I can attract a higher end client that will spend more money with me by having this setup than just working in the box with plugins, the same plugins that everybody has. Not everybody has an SSL console in a room full of hardware. Most people don't, right? But almost everybody has a D, everyone has a DAW with the same plugins. So what stands out? What makes separates you as a business? So that's another reason why. And again, that doesn't appeal to maybe a lot of you listening here, but I'm just kind of giving you, you know, why I, you know, part of why I'm doing, you know, what I did. Point number seven is that for me, again, you feel more, for lack of a better word, active when you're working. You know, when you're sitting in front of a console and you're moving, you're wheeling your chair back and forth in the faders and you're rolling yourself over to the rack and you're touching the hardware and you're, you know, you're, 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 it's a more physical thing. It gets back to that tactile feel when you're kind of just, when you're sitting in front of the thing and you're moving around and you're reaching forward and you're grabbing all the knobs and you're, you know, you're rolling your chair over to the rack and you're adjusting that compressor and you're moving back and forth, you feel more as a part of the process you almost feel like you're playing an instrument. You know, I, you know, a lot of engineers, professional level engineers will say working on a console and working with hardware is like playing an instrument. It's like being another person in the band. And you know, when you hear that you go, yeah, you know, and before you actually experience it for yourself, you really don't fully understand what that really means. But I got to tell you, you do, you feel more into it. I don't know, just for me, I know it's silly, but you do. As opposed to just sitting in a chair in one position, looking at your screen with your neck and getting a, you know, getting a neck strain from looking at the screen and an eye strain and you're hunched over your little keyboard and your mouse. It's like, again, you feel like you're, you're working in a cubicle, you know, you feel like you're working on a spreadsheet as opposed to working with music. At least that's how it makes me feel. There's a big difference between the two, the way you feel about it. It doesn't mean you can't feel really cool working in the box and working with your mouse and keyboard. I really like that too. I've been doing it for a long time, but there's just something that's way, way different when you're sitting in front of a real console, when you're sitting with hardware, when you're sitting with things that you have to physically touch and move around and kind of get into it, it just has a different feel. Okay. So again, that's my seven kind of reasons for why I have a hard, why I have a console, why I have hardware, why I kind of expanded my brand. And again, how does that kind of relate to you? Well, again, I'm not suggesting that any of you go out and spend 50 or $60,000 on a console and then all the cabling and all the hardware, you could be, you know, you're up around a hundred thousand dollars when it's all said and done, <laughs> you know, or close to it. But how can you get a similar, you know, feel without having to go all the way down that road? Well, again, like I said earlier, Get yourself a, a control surface. That would be the first thing I would say to you. If you're just mixing with a mouse or a trackball and you're opening up one plug-in window at a time and you're just, you know, you're doing the, the typical thing, 
get yourself a little eight channel minimum if you can get eight channels, an eight channel fader port, or get yourself a 16 channel or a 24 channel. Get some faders in front of you. Start with eight faders. A lot of times you can, depending on the, the unit that you buy, you can daisy chain these fader ports or these things together. So you could start with eight channels and then you can add a second one over time to give you 16 and a third one to give you 24, so on and so forth. I think just doing that, and if you find a, um, a surface control that also has the ability to control the parameters of your plugins, both stock and third party, and I think they all do that, to be honest with you. I'm not sure about every single one. The only one that I can speak to is the Solid State Logic UF8. That does, and it works really well. It actually even allows you to open and close the plugin window without it, without ever having to touch the mouse or the keyboard. You can do most of what you need to do from that perspective from the UF8, and it gives you eight motorized faders. But the PreSonus fader port may do that as well, and Behringer and some of the other ones. But get yourself a control surface that allows you to do that. I think just doing that alone will help inspire you and make you feel like you're more part of the process. It's more of a physical thing. And I think it, it gets you away from just looking at the screen and mixing with your eyes and not with your ears as much. And, and it gets you away from that feeling like you're working on a spreadsheet or feel like you're working on an email, you know, try to get, do that. I think that would be really, really helpful. The other thing you can do once you do that. And if you get comfortable with that is maybe consider, just consider, you know, be open-minded here, folks, consider maybe just adding one or two pieces of external hardware to your system. Maybe start with your master bus, get yourself a nice stereo, master bus compressor and maybe an EQ start there just start with that get that on your master bus if you have if you have any kind of hot, decent quality audio interface today you can patch that in it's real easy to do I have lots of videos on the YouTube channel at home recording made easy showing you how to do that it's not ex terribly expensive and again just having a couple of pieces of hardware where you can reach out and touch some knobs and maybe move away from plugins on your master bus Real simple. So a control surface, maybe a master bus compressor and or an EQ, I think will change the way you feel about recording and mixing. I think it really, really will in a positive way. And I think once you get used to that feel, you'll start to go, wow, now I kind of get it, man. This is kind of cool. And then the, the, you know, the bad news to that is it may inspire you to go out and even spend more money and add more hardware to your system um, to kind of get the best of both worlds. You don't need to go from mouse and keyboard all in the box of plugins. You don't have to go from that to a full analog console with, you know, 30 or $40,000 worth of hardware. You don't need to go that extreme. There's a lot of steps you can take in between all in the box to all out of the box. It's just a matter of how far down the road you want to go, what your budget allows and what you feel comfortable with, you know? And so starting off with a control surface and maybe an extra piece of hardware or two on your system and move away a little bit from plugins, I think is a great start. And then from there, you can decide whether you want to keep going down that road or whether that's enough or whether you want to go back to just being all in the box. You can always, if you buy something of decent quality, you can always turn around and sell your control surface and you can sell your master bus compressor or EQ on the used market. And if you buy good quality stuff, you'll get 75, 80% of your money back. And you can consider the loss as like kind of a rental fee for maybe the six months or a year that you're going to try this new system out. But I, I would be willing to bet that if, if you moved from the keyboard and the mouse to a more tactile feel, even a little bit, you'll really enjoy it. You'll really, really enjoy it. And again, it's not just for mixing. It's also for recording as well. 
you know, having a surface control that has the transports, the stop, start, record buttons on your, as a physical button, as opposed to having to click a little icon on the screen when you're trying to record and if you're trying to play the instrument yourself and be the engineer who's recording yourself, it's a lot easier to touch a physical button on a, on a surface control to start and stop recording and those kinds of things as it is to get your mouse, you know, if you're a guitar player, put the pick in your mouth, use your hand, click the little icon, put the pick back in your hands. You know, it, it's just a different feeling. And so that's what I would suggest to you. So that's kind of the reason, those are the reasons why I kind of moved to a secondary workflow. And again, now I'm just kind of scratching the surface. I would encourage you to go watch the video that I put on the Home Recording Made Easy YouTube channel that explains the whole thing. And then again, if you're interested in that kind of stuff and you want to learn a little bit more about what I'm talking about and a little bit more about how does the whole analog studio kind of come together, be sure to check the show notes below and visit me at Mixing Music Analog, the YouTube channel, where you'll see me install, you know, from the time we took delivery of an of our SSL to the time that we installed it into the studio. We have about seven or eight different videos on how you would hook everything up and signal flow and some of the problems that we encountered in getting everything set up. And then depending on when you're listening to this podcast, you'll see live mixing demonstrations and all gear reviews and a whole bunch of different things. So even if you're not in the market for something that elaborate, but you're interested in it, check us out at that YouTube channel as well. So that's it for this week. I hope you kind of enjoyed this little inside peek to why I moved over to an analog workflow. And again, I'm still mixing in the box. All the things I do at home recording made easy is totally in the box. All the things I do at mixingmadeeasy.net is totally in the box. And I still love it and I still enjoy it and it still has its place. But now I also have the second workflow and I hope you found this information interesting. So now thank you so much for sticking around to the end of the episode. And as I said at the beginning, I want to give you another free gift. So go out to homerecordingmadeeasy.com. Get your free mixing course. It's right on the homepage. Download it for free. Check it out. And if you dig my style of teaching and you want to check out some of my other paid training courses, I want to give you a coupon code to give you a discount. The coupon code is podcast 30. You put that in at checkout. It'll take 30% off any one of my other training courses. Again, everything will be in the show notes below. All the pertinent links of everything will be down below. Make sure you like, subscribe, and share. And until next week, Thank you so much for listening. I've been Dave with HomeRecordingMadeEasy.com, MixingMusicAnalog.com, and MixingMadeEasy.net. I will talk to you guys next week. Take care, everybody. Take care, everybody.